Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited about this third lesson. I, I titled it Rescue Missions, and uh, that's pretty exciting. And we can go on spiritual rescue missions. There's different types. Uh, like if a Christian walks off the beaten trail, God says we should try to pull them back on. We're not talking about that today. Uh, we're talking about going on spiritual rescue missions for those that don't know Christ. The Bible says they live in spiritual darkness. It doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they haven't seen Jesus yet, and they can't see him yet, and we get to go and rescue them, and we're going to talk about how we can do that. So they can be God-fearing people that just don't know Christ, or they can be, you know, terrible people like, uh, you know, some of us were, myself included, uh, or anywhere in between. But God's called us to rescue them, and it really makes Christianity fun to go on spiritual rescue missions. And so we're going to help all of us see it at a higher level. Many of you are doing it, you're living it, like myself, but we want to just take it to the next notch. And some, uh, you may not even know how to do it. It just might be daunting to you. So we're going to find out how to be part of that spiritual rescue missions. And I want to open up with a Joe story. And I might have shared this in the last 20 years. I might have shared it twice. So this may be the third time. But I'm coming at it from a different angle. So um, before I met my wife, both my grandfathers had already gone to heaven. And then when I met her and we got married, she had both her grandfathers here. And her mom's dad, Grandpa Poro is what we called him, Ralph Poro. He took a liking to me only because my mom and my dad were from the same part of Italy as he was. And so he just took this liking to me. And I really felt it, it, it gave me more of an opportunity to share Christ with them and bring them to Christ than maybe uh, my brother-in-laws might have had. But here's what we did. Gina and, and her siblings, my brother-in-laws, our kids, we were all praying for Grandpa Poro to come into the kingdom. And uh, we all wanted to see him come into the kingdom. So we're doing that for a year or so. And Gina and I are in Florida on a little getaway vacation. Thank God for family who could watch our young kids. And we're just walking on the beach. Sun's getting ready to set. And all of a sudden, we had this urge to pray. And there's a lot of ways to describe that, right? We could say the Holy Spirit came on us. It's just an urge. You just know you have to pray. And what was unique is uh, it hit both of us at the same time. We both knew it was for Grandpa Poro, and we both knew he was going to die soon. It's like this urge came on us, and just inside, we just knew those two things. And so we discreetly just prayed for him on a beach, just, just, just prayed for him. And we made a decision. We need to get to Chicago where he lived quickly. So we made a quick trip after that, and uh, they lived in Little Italy in downtown Chicago, and we went to visit them. And Grandma, it just everything lined up. It was like our prayers worked, right? Grandma wanted to go shopping, so uh, Gina... And her mom and all of our kids, they went shopping, and it left Grandpa and I alone. And I just felt, this is the day, right? And I saw this Bible he had. It was in Italian. And so I grabbed it. I said, hey, can you read this? He said, yeah, because I think he was 20-some when he came over from Italy. And uh, I said, I have some verses for you to read. So I took him to Romans 10 and those famous verses, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord, shall be saved or become a Christian or come into the kingdom of God. So I had him read a verse 
in Italian. And I said, can you translate that to English? And then he translates it to English. Then I'd say, what does that mean, Grandpa? And he'd say, I don't know. So then I'd do a little mini, you know, this is what it means. I did it with all, all four of those verses. And when I was all finished, I just looked at him and I said, can you remember a day when you accepted Christ as your Savior? And he said, no. And I said, are you ready to do it today? It was just a moment I'll never forget as long as I live. He said, I'm ready. And so grandpa prays with me. Gina comes home from shopping and I just give her this. She just knows that that, that, that means it was good, right? Grandpa accepted Christ. He, he would have never done that a month before, six months before. He was just ripe and ready. Uh, guys, you don't have to have that kind of prayer in Florida. We were just praying regular prayers, but it was kind of urgent. He was ready to leave this earth and God needed us to just go there and, and be there and share Christ at the right time. But guys, we'll talk about prayer today. We'll talk about everything else we did outside of prayer to help grandpa come to that moment. So I have a big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this, God rescued us to help him rescue others. And really that's, it. when you and I see that Christianity becomes fun, it just becomes fun. And of course, after people accept Christ, we want to make them disciples. And we're launching just some really cool tracks we'll help you with to take all of us to the next level there. But first, people do need to come into the kingdom. And if we can live our life knowing, man, we're here to help rescue people, again, out of that spiritual darkness, some of them will be nicer than I am, right? They don't know Jesus, but they're, they're really good people. And then others, they'll be at different levels of living and practicing, you know, things that they shouldn't. Uh, here's a great scripture, Colossians 1, 12 and 13. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. That just means we were kind of in that dark cloud, right, by believing things that weren't true and we couldn't see Jesus but he's delivered us from darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And so this is what God wants us doing, just like it happened in our life. And, and I look at my life and I think, wow, God, it was amazing how you did that. But all kinds of things happen. Here's another great scripture. After the resurrection, John twenty twenty, as Jesus spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And then again, he said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so I am sending you. And we know from Luke 19, 10, Jesus was sent to seek and save that which is lost. And this guy's is so cool. He sent us to do the same thing. And again, this makes Christianity really fun. So some of you, if you're bored with God or bored with Christianity, this is gonna make it really fun. So what I'm going to talk about today is I'm going to give you a pill you can take. You didn't think I'd be handing pills out today. Not a drug dealer, a different kind of pill. But guys, I'm going to give you a pill today that will literally make you a spiritual special forces person at the highest level. And some of you already are. So we just want to go to the next level. But uh, how many of you, if I said, I can give you a pill, if you take this pill, you will become spiritual special forces. Wouldn't you take that pill? It's like, I'll take it too, man. I'll take some. I'm, I'm going to show you that. We have some special service uh, or, or special forces guys in the church. And I love talking to them. You know, they're retired, but I love asking questions. Gina and I, years ago, we watched G.I. Jane together. And, uh, and you know, it was all about this 
first woman going through Hell Week and all, all that, Demi Moore. And I just love to watch anything where I'm watching how they train and just thinking of the strength in their mind. And you know what? God's called you to be a spiritual special forces. So when I was putting this together, I just saw an acronym and I thought, oh my goodness, the acronym is PILL. Guys, take a look at this. This is the pill we can take. And it has to do with P is pray, I is interact, L is love, and the second L is look. And guys, if we take this pill or we understand it, we begin to practice it, we will become spiritual special forces at the highest level. So that's why I'm so excited about today. And I'll add something to each one of these, just a little word to help us understand it. And here's the first one, guys. You ready? Pray often. And prayer, guys, if you could see prayer for what it is, there's all kinds of prayer, right? We pray for Christians. We pray for our loved ones, our families. But there is also prayer for people that aren't Christian. And if we can see what that's like, um, do you know how when we go to war with a nation, we watch that a few times in our lifetime, what's the first thing our military does? They send the bombers, and they drop bombs. Why do they drop bombs? They, they need to soften the enemy's defense. That's all they're doing, softening the defense. And they may be bombing uh, bases, government installations where their intelligence is, And the whole idea is let's weaken them a little bit before we go in. Guys, prayer, when we pray for those that don't know Christ, you are dropping spiritual bombs and you're literally softening their defenses. And it's the most incredible thing. Remember last week we talked about from from our birth, the enemy's been programming us with false beliefs. And sometimes when you go to share Christ with people, you can see those false beliefs. They won't even listen to what we have to say but these spiritual bombs begin to knock those down and they begin to open up for. So prayer, pray often Uh, for people that don't know Christ. There's different ways to pray, right, for them. I mean, if you just cried out and said, God, move in their life and prepare them to accept Christ, that would be powerful, right? I always pray the acronym SAVED, you know. S stands for send uh, harvesters, you know, and, and that's just You know, if you have someone you love, maybe they live in another city, maybe you're related to them, maybe they'll never listen to you. You just say, God, send someone along their path that knows Jesus, that they'll respect to share the gospel with them, right? A is so important. It means awareness of sin. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit can work on a person and just make them aware they're a sinner who needs a savior. That's that's pretty cool, right? V stands for their visors be taken off. That's the blind spots, the false beliefs. You just say, Father, just break through those false beliefs, right? E stands for the entrance of their heart being open. God, just open their hearts, right? And D stands for doors open. And we knock and say, God, let me be a harvester in someone's life. Open a door for me to share. But again, if you just pray, God, I just, I just want them to come to Christ. Do what you need to do. Guys, prayer can be so daunting, but it doesn't have to be if we realize how simple it is. And I think whenever we think of prayer, it's like, man, I don't know if I can pray. I surely can't pray as long as some other people can pray, right? So I'll tell you a Joe story. Uh, I don't know, about 20 years ago, Gina and I had this invitation. We should not have been where we were, but we had an invitation to go to Seoul, South Korea, to a a church growth seminar with Dr. Cho, Pastor Cho. And uh, we just had a person that opened that door for us to go uh, that was on his board. And uh, we're sitting there. He had a church, guys, of over 1 million people. 
And back then, 20 years ago, the biggest church in America was 10,000, right? Still the biggest churches with all their campuses are right around 40,000 in, in the U.S. And then they'll hit 60,000 on Easter. This guy had a, a, over a million. They, they met in stadiums. They had campuses all over Korea. This is before video. So he had live pastors and all those campuses. Over a million people in Seoul, South Korea, uh, guys that, that were born again in his church. So I'm like, oh, I need to learn what he does, you know? What, what is your secret? What are the methods I can use, right? And so uh, we're in the first meeting and they had a balcony section for all of us there for the, the seminar. And then he had about three or 4,000 of his people. We went an hour early. It's the craziest thing I ever saw. They're sitting down and they're all rocking like this, praying. They prayed for an hour without stopping before the service began. And then Dr. Cho comes out. And one of the things he said, it depressed me. Have you ever heard a preacher and they depressed you? I was so depressed. He said, I pray three hours every morning. I'm like, uh-oh. And then, then he says, I pray three hours at night. I'm like, oh no, not gonna happen. It's never, never gonna happen. And, and I'm thinking, Lord, this is an Eastern culture. We're over here in the West in America. And then I thought, Lord, I'm, I'm just way too high strung to pray that long. It's just never gonna happen. And then I have young kids and I'm just thinking, God, I guess I'm gonna always have small church, right? Because I can't pray three hours a day, let alone six hours a day. And he made some great points about prayer, but I walked away bummed out and depressed because I said, I can't do that. And so I gave it to God. I said, God, you know, I will never pray that long. It's just not going to happen. I can't, I have too many other uh, obligations. And, uh, and I just gave it to him. I said, you got to help me out here, God, because I felt so unworthy. And then God just began over time to minister to me. And one of the things he said, he said, if you can get your people and yourself. And I, I would pray in an hour slot, but not every day, right? But I, I could go an hour. And then after that, man, I'm just, that's, that's all. I can't concentrate any longer than that in prayer. And, and, uh, and I know some people are gifted to that. God just dealt with me. He said, if you can just get your people to pray five, 10 minutes a day. If you just, Joe, two or three times a week, you, you just have a slot where you pray for, for, for non-Christians. He said, I will change your valley and I'll, I'll change their world. And guys, uh, so I don't want you to get this idea. It's that daunting and so hard. If we just pray, God, I love so-and-so. I want to see them become a Christian. Maybe someone you work with, maybe someone in your family. Guys, God answers those prayers, right? And here's a great verse, John 6, 44. For no one can come to me unless the father who sent me, this is Jesus, draws him to me. And at the last day, I will cause all such to rise again from the dead. So in order for someone to become a Christian, they have to be drawn. That's why I pray, Father, make them aware that they're a sinner, uh, you know, open up their hearts, take off those visors, right? Uh, but that, that takes like two minutes, you know, three minutes. I could pray that for everybody in the valley. I could pray that, right? But guys, it releases God to begin to do some things that are absolutely amazing. And then God begins to draw people. So you know what that means to me? You can't force Jesus on somebody. There's no need to force Jesus on somebody. Just pray often. Sometimes people will just come to your mind, just pray for them. Say, God, I want to see them come into the kingdom, right? And Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do people say I am? So some of them said, you're reborn John the Baptist. Others said, 
you're this prophet, you're that prophet. He said, but who do you say I am? And Peter, of all people, said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's how we become a Christian, to see that, you know? And here's what Jesus said to him, Matthew 16, 17. God has blessed you, Simon, son of Jonah. His surname was Simon. Jesus said, for my father in heaven has personally revealed this to you. This is not from any human source. In other words, God opened your eyes to this, Peter. And guys, if you can see prayer as those spiritual bombs that eventually release God to pull people to see Jesus, it changes everything. And some of you are given to pray more. You're in that season in your life. You have that calling on your life. But if all of us just, you make a list, who would I like to see become a Christian? And you just begin, pray often for them. Uh, If you have a neighborhood where you can walk, just walk around your neighborhood and just, as you're walking, just say, Father, I pray for everybody, every one of these households, if they don't know Christ, to come to know Christ. You're just dropping God bombs on your neighborhood. Isn't that a good thing to drop on your neighborhood? How about your family? Lord, I just pray for all my family and then name some names. Uh, Father, I want to see them come into the kingdom. And you just pray, Father, convict them that they're sinners. Father, make them aware, draw them to Jesus. So that's our P, pray often, pretty simple. Here's another one, interact graciously. And this one is so important, the I, interact graciously. What does that mean? Because uh, myself, my, you know, I can be a bull in a china closet, you know, so uh, I wasn't born gracious, you know, I was born kind of speaking my mind kind of guy, right? So some of you may be like me, um, and yet God has shown me how to be gracious with people and interact graciously. So we're talking about whenever you're with a non-Christian, you're just interacting with them graciously. What does that mean? Here's a great scripture. You guys ready? Colossians 4, 5. So remember, you're praying often already for them. Verse 5, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. That would be a non-Christian. Make the most of every opportunity. So whenever you're with them and you're rubbing shoulders, make the most of it. How do you do that? Well, he says, let your conversation, which is your lifestyle and your words, be always full of grace. So, So this is how we interact full of grace. And I want to talk to you about what that means in a moment. And I like this one, seasoned with salt. It goes on to say, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And so God says, when you interact, be gracious and be salty, right? And salt has a lot of purposes. We're going to look at another scripture where Jesus talked about it. But we know from here, he's talking about making people thirsty, right? And what what is it a bar, guys? Uh, If you go to any bar, you look at it, they're going to have salted nuts or peanuts, salted pretzels, right? Why? It's a great marketing scheme. They want to make you thirsty. Well, you need to see yourself as a pretzel, man, or a salted peanut. And our goal is to make people thirsty, and we do it by our lifestyle. That's one of the things that we do, just living graciously, right? Jesus said it this way, Matthew 5, 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, so now we know salt preserves. We could do a whole lesson on being a preservative in the earth. I don't believe we'd be wrong, but I think his strongest interpretation here is being salty, right? He says, uh, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, I learned this recently. It shocked me. Did you know salt can't lose its saltiness? It's impossible. He's talking about us losing our saltiness. So he says, I need you to live a life that makes people thirsty for God. And I need you to live a life that's gracious. 
So I came up with a couple things to share. Uh, we're redoing our values here at the church. And this comes under one of our values. And it's just a couple things. We're going to launch this, uh, you know, our 40th birthday is coming up in August. We're going to launch a new vision for the church and all these beautiful things. But I just wanted to put a couple things out, just three. Here's one. See, every area of your life is a mission field. Guys, if we could just do that, I'm here to make people thirsty for God. I'm here to interact with them graciously. So just think, your social media is a missions field, right? Where you work is a mission field. Whatever you do, you're the gym, wherever you go, it's a mission field. And some of you are like me. I'm around Christians all the time, and I love Christians, but I don't need to bring them into the kingdom. So it's like, God, I need to be around more non-Christians. So I purposely get around non-Christians. And you have to ask yourself, how can I do that? Okay, once you do it, do you have to preach, you know, turn or burn? You're going to go to hell if you don't accept Jesus. He's the only way to heaven. No, no, no. The first thing you do, chill, take a chill pill and just interact graciously. It's a missions field. Interact graciously. Um, Take a look at this. We're not trying to win an argument. (laughs) We're trying to win a person. And guys, when you can see that, man, you know, I'm not here to win an argument with anybody. A lot of people believe differently than you if you're a Christian, right? We're not here to win an argument. We're here to win a soul, right? How about this one? We don't value people based on their values. We value people as someone Jesus was willing to die for. I like that one. And so, Guys, if you live in the world, we're, we're rubbing shoulders with people that have way different values. So that doesn't mean you and I, uh, you know, when we're together as Christians and we know each other, it doesn't mean we can't talk about the values of God. And boy, I'm a little nervous about the values that are going on in our country. That's all good. Doesn't mean once in a while, like last week, I can't tell you, hey, you know, join a school board, uh, go to school board meetings. That, that's all cool. But in our everyday interaction, guys, it's, it's not about changing people's values. It's about realizing how valuable they are to God. So I came up with a saying probably 35 years ago. But guys, uh, pastors have quoted it in their books. I see it quoted sometimes online. And it's not that uh, deep, but it really works. And it goes like this. Dogs bark. Woof, woof, right? Cats meow. Meow. Birds tweet. And non-Christians sin. And man, when God open my eyes up to that. You know, just like a dog barks, a dog's never going to lose its bark. A cat's never going to lose its meow. Bird's never going to stop tweeting, however they tweet. And guys, non-Christians sin. We need to understand that's happening, right? So all we want to do is interact graciously around them. And if we can bring them into the kingdom, then God will change their behavior. But we want to see life as a mission field and say, all right, I'm going to pray often for them. And then I'm going to interact graciously. And we gave you some points on how to do that. How about this next one? This one is a shocker, but it really works. Love radically. There's something about radical love that's absolutely amazing. So as a church, we do acts of kindness in the community. That's radical love. And we should, corporately, we should do it. God wants us to do this individually. And radical love individually is just you and I have, you know, looking and seeing Wherever there's a need, wherever someone's going through a problem, we're going to help them out with it. That's radical love. And so it could be a neighbor, it could be a relative, it could be someone in a group that you're interacting with. And it's just loving them. Uh, no, we're not going to preach at them. 
We're living graciously, but now we're just going to love them like crazy. And right after salt, Jesus talked about this. Listen to Matthew 5.14. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a lampstand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And so translated, guys, we're a light. We need to make sure we're just not inside these four walls, not just inside our home. We need to get out there, interact with people and shine our light. Okay, great, Jesus, I get it. How do I do it? Well, the next verse, guys, take a look at this. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. I think that's pretty cool. Um, That means their hearts will open to God. But how do their hearts open to God? By our good deeds, or I call that in this lesson, radical love, right? And as we radically love people, God begins to do some amazing things. So Pastor Graham, when he was here, he shared a story about two missionary groups uh, that went to Thailand, and it was a two-year period. And it really stuck, struck with, or stuck with me. Two-year period in Thailand. And uh, one group, they had crusades. They probably advertised healing crusades, right? And they would just preach Jesus. They say, you, you need to accept Jesus. That's the closer. Sometimes we do that every weekend, right? That's good. But they're in a strange culture, non-Christian, right? It's not Judeo-Christian values. And so it's a much different type of ground. And so over a two-year period, that group only had two people except Jesus. The other groups decided we're not going to do any crusades or anything. And you know what they did for two years? Uh, they worked their secular jobs. You know, they interacted with these people in, in a different country. They're coming from this way. And they just radically loved them. Every time they saw a need, they reached out. They just radically loved them. Do you know over a two-year period, they had 48 conversions versus two? What happened? Radical love softens people. So just imagine, guys, pray often. Uh, interact graciously. It's all helping. The prayer's helping. Interacting graciously is helping. And, and, and then, guys, when we love radically, it's all softening them up. They're all working together, softening them, preparing them for Christ. And that's the, sec- or the second L, our last point. And it goes like this. Look for openings. And this is all about whether or not people are ready to accept Christ because not everyone is ready to accept Christ. So we'll talk a little bit about, about that. I'd like to say, look for when people are ripe, right? So years ago, I had a friend uh, who worked in a big produce warehouse in the area. And I didn't know this about bananas, but uh, he told me, I was, I, w- I was surprised at that time. And by the way, I love bananas. Gina makes fun of me for how much I love bananas. But I can only eat a banana if it has spots on it. It has to have those brown spots or I won't touch it. Now, it can have too many brown spots and, and begin be so ripe you need to make bread with it or use it in a smoothie to sweeten a smoothie, but I have to have spots. Gina will eat a yellow banana. And it's like, to me, it's just like, it's okay. But, but I have to have spots, right? And I didn't know this, guys, but they ship bananas over and they're so green that they're like as hard as, you know, glass. Uh, and then they put them in this chamber and they release a gas, and that gas just begins to ripen them. And they don't, they send them to the store not with brown spots, they send them yellow, right? And then I always look for the old ones, you know. Giant Eagle sometimes they they put the ones with the brown spots in a bag for 99 cents. And I'm, 
oh, this is perfect for me. I get 99 cents for a whole bag, but they're just like I, I, I want to eat them, right? So what is God saying to us? When we talk about look often, I'll read a scripture to you also. He's telling us, look for people that are ripe bananas, right? So you, you and I need to look for the ripe bananas. And who has spots on them? Who's ripe? Who's ready to accept Christ? And, and not everybody is. So we learn that as we hear what they say, right? And they'll just let you know, I'm ready. So uh, Easter's in three weeks, and you're probably hanging out with some ripe bananas out there. And it's a great time to say, hey, why don't you come to church? You're looking for people that don't go to church anywhere and say, come visit church, man. We have a fun Easter service. And, 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 but not everybody's going to say yes, but the ripe bananas are, are waiting to be asked, right? And, and so Jesus talked about this. It, it's not like harvest in the natural, similar, but not exactly. Here's what he said, John 4, 34. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Some translations say my food. And we know the will of God for Jesus was he came to seek and save that which is lost. And so here's what he's doing. You know how uh, you're at a deficit, you're really hungry, and then you eat something. And we know biologically it's releasing sugar in our blood. And say, I feel so good. Well, that's necessary. But Jesus said, doing what God's called us to do will also energize us, right? That's all he's saying. And, and it's so, so true, right? And that's what I was talking about earlier. Christianity becomes fun when you're taking the pill, right? Uh, and you're praying often, you're interacting graciously, you're loving radically, and then you begin to look, right? So right after he says this, here's what he says next. Verse 35, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, and isn't that how it is? And the earth, whether it's four months, three months, you plant in the spring, you harvest in the summer, right? He said, that's the rule for natural harvest. But listen to what he goes on to say. But I say, wake up and look around. Look, guys, look for openings. The fields are already ripe for harvest. What kind of fields? Verse 36, the harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. So he's talking about the harvest of souls. And so here's what Jesus is saying. It's not like everyone on the earth will be ready at the same time, like, in, in, you know, like our corn crops or whatever crops they are. He says, when we're down here, there's ripe bananas everywhere. And so you want to be looking for where, where are the ripe bananas, right? And he goes on to say this, what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? Here's what he's saying. Guys, we'll be rewarded in heaven for being spiritual special forces, right? We'll be rewarded for that. Uh, God rescued us to help uh, us help him rescue others. And all, all I'm saying, what I want us to walk out today, guys, just thinking about, we have the honor of reaping harvest. And as you walk through life, man, you're praying often. It's not so daunting, right? We don't have to do Dr. Cho type prayer. Um, guys, we don't. We interact graciously. We're not here, you know, to pick a fight with you. We're not here to argue the values. Man, you are someone that God wants to rescue. So I'm going to be gracious and salty around you, right? And, and then, guys, we want to love radically. We see a need. All of that's it's like bananas in a gas chamber, right? They're ripening. And then we get out there and we say, we're just listening, really. Who's ready? And then we look for those opportunities. And when they're ready, we harvest them by doing what I did with Grandpa Poro. You want to pray with me? Yeah. You want to go to church? Yeah. And sometimes you ask and they're not ready. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, just let it go and keep praying. 
keep interacting with them graciously, keep loving. Am I making some sense today, guys? We have this incredible privilege, and I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to close with some prayer. Uh, are you excited God loved the world so much he sent Jesus? And are you excited that he's allowing us to help him reap the harvest? And if so, can we say thank you, God? Can we do it in Borman? Can we do it in more? We're excited about it, man. So, so here's what I hope. I hope I made this something that's not daunting. It's like, wow, that's pretty simple. And here's what I've noticed. If you pray five, 10 minutes a day, a couple times a week, you're going to begin to have a heart for people that don't know Christ. It's going to just change you on the inside. And then when you're out there, wherever you're at, relatives, wherever, and, and you just think, I'm here to interact graciously. This is a mission field. And then you're like, as you're living your life, you just radically love people. And then you keep your eyes open. Man, it's amazing what will happen. I really believe we can impact this valley like it's never been impacted. And I believe we're doing it, but we can do it at an even higher level. So let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've called us to help you rescue people. Father, we thank you for those people that we know. And Lord, we thank you that this is an easy pill to swallow, pun intended. We thank you for that, Father that you've given us this simple thing to do. And as we leave here and as we you know, begin our Monday, Lord, we just ask you, give us the grace to begin to remember this pill, begin to just do these things. And we thank you, Lord, that this is your job, that as we do this and cooperate, you're gonna draw people to you. And guys, right now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would, would you do this with me? You can just whisper it. Think of someone you love that you really want to come to know Christ. Just think about them. Father, here's our prayer right now. We pray that that dear person, you would make them aware that they need Jesus and you would draw them to Jesus. We thank you for it, Father. We ask you, give us the grace to interact graciously and be salty. And Lord, show us openings where we can radically love people. And Lord, help us identify those that are ripe bananas. We thank you for doing that, Lord God. Just thank you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Now, maybe someone's listening today. Maybe it's online. Maybe it's in Boardman. Maybe it's at TCI. Maybe it's going to be in the TV audience. Maybe it's here in the room in Warren. You're listening. You say, you know what? I think I'm ready. I mean, this whole thing, the Grandpa Poro story, I think I'm ready to call on the name of the Lord. Right now, I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you if you came in here believing God existed, he didn't. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you said, Jesus, I see that you're the only way, the Christ, the son of the living God, and I'm ready to accept you today. If you're listening and that's you, would you pray with me right now? The rest of us, can we help them pray? Would, let's pray this out loud. Let's help those that are praying it for the first time. Just say this after me. Say, Father, I realize I was born sin-stained, and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins, and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. I call you Lord, and I make a decision today to follow you. Give me the grace to follow you, Lord God. Amen. 
Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.